Welcome to the Rebel and Muse podcast, where you can join us on our journey of self-improvement. I'm Kaleo Wassman. And I'm Melanie Wassman. Tune in each week to discover how we find balance in health, love, and life. <laughs> this is so fantastic because every time, well, not every time, but most of the times I'm talking to our next guest, it's usually about the fate of the world for me uh, and my <laughs> band. Yeah. Uh, this is Graham Martin, and uh, he is our manager of Pepper and facilitator of Law Records and kind of like, uh, I would say, a um, Swiss Army knife, if you will, of uh, all things with my business with the boys. Yes. Yeah. Well, so- he is an artist manager. He is with PMM, record label owner, devoted father and husband, these two amazing little boys. And right. Of course, that are picking up wife. some bad words on the streets, but we're not, <laughs> we we're, we're not going to mention story. which bad words. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, Graham, <laughs> want to introduce yourself? Hello. Uh, there you are. Okay. Good. Uh, so where should we crack this egg first? How about what is your history together? Oh, great yeah. question. So how did you meet Graham? I met Graham at uh, it was, it was either two places, either Taco Surf in Dana Point. Or it was up in L.A. when um, we were looking for management. I think it actually was Taco Surf. Yeah, I think it was Taco Surf yeah, and Dana Point. It was Point. almost Wind and Sea, but it got moved to Taco Surf. Which was a much better idea because anyone out there who knows Wind and Sea, like half of my tie, and you're already making agreements you don't even know about. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that you'll never remember. Yes. No, but um, uh, yeah, uh, I have been working with Graham, I believe, since 2009 or 10. It's definitely somewhere in those those years. Um and uh, we've been able to work this business into its its next steps and its next expansion. And it's been a quite an amazing unfolding, you know, uh, with all the growing pains and all of the growing rewards. And it's been it's been a really nice trip, first of all. So Absolutely. It's, it's really nice to have you here, buddy. Thank you for sharing your time. Thank you for having yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Thank you. Um, and now uh, the the funny thing is though is. You came to see maybe a, a Pepper or Slightly Stupid show that we were playing together um, maybe back in the day? Oh, yeah. I I had seen Pepper when I was in college. Um, Slightly Stupid used to play at Patrick Malloy's on the Hermosa Beach Pier. Um, that's how I first encountered them. So and you then, were in South Bay yeah, at this point? Yeah. Oh, I okay. Went to, I went to college at Loyola Marymount. Okay. And spent probably eight years living in the South Bay. So th- just through that experience and, and friends and, and, and whatnot. You know, we would, I would first, Slightly Stupid was sort of like the gateway drug into, into the scene. Right. Um, and then, you know, sort of, I went and saw, the first time I ever saw Pepper was at Nita's Hideaway in Tempe, Arizona. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you can remember gosh. that place. Yeah, there's no way I remember that place. But um, that that's so fantastic because um, the, the funny thing is, is at that time we were working with um, someone who was booking shows at the coach house. Her name was Sally Knobs. Mm-hmm. And Sally Knobs was really good friends with Corey. Yes. Who is now your wife. Yes. I love this universe continuing to shrink and shrink and shrink oh, before awesome. my eyes. It does every day. Yeah. Right. And so um, so when did you, if you don't mind me just jumping way ahead here, when did you meet Corey? And by the way, for everyone listening, Corey is also in the music industry um, and she she is an agent. And uh, she represents a lot of, um, you know, familiar bands in the genre as well. So when you met Corey, uh, 
was were her and Sally still working together or connected together in that capacity? I, I believe so. I met Corey, and, and just to give you a little, to backtrack a little bit, I started, I went to Loyola Marymount, as I said, my first job out of college, I worked for Rolling Stone Magazine. No um, kidding? I did, yes. Wow. Yeah, I did ad sales, which I, I promise you it sounds way cooler than it actually was. <laughs> um, from there, I moved on to Interscope Records and Geffen Records. I did video production at A&R. And while I was with Geffen, um, the gentleman that I worked for had, uh, speaking of incestuous, had signed Rise Against. And I, I literally had met Corey at the time. Um, she came in for a meeting. I was the assistant. I came down the elevator and had to bring her up for the meeting. And, and she will tell you it was love at first sight for her. So. <laughs> wow. That yeah. is beautiful. So it was love in an elevator? It was love in an elevator. <laughs> Living it up when you're going down. I, I, oh, I, up I, in this point, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I never, I never made that connection. Right. So I, I'm gonna use that. Yeah, might as well. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Okay. Awesome. So our roots go way back. Yeah. I mean, way, way back before we even started working together. Mm-hmm. And and I absolutely love that. And so funny, like uh, you'll hear in a podcast uh, earlier or later, depending on when we release it. Um, I just had this interview, or we just had this interview with Mike from the Pier. And, nice. and yeah, and we traced it all the way back to, yeah. you know, to the point where he was 16 years old and went into a uh, store in Carlsbad and found giving it, yes, which is our glorified demo, which is what we moved here with. It's yeah. amazing. It, it's always funny to me. It's like that is it's the first record that everyone sees. But for us, it was just more of a demo. And Kona Town was really the first record to me. It was like our first recording experience. We made giving it in a coffee shack back in the day so that's love that. yeah exactly so okay wait let's back up a little bit so you went to lmu and my business partner went to lmu for her master's in yoga which nice. is kind of a trip right it, master's in yoga studies oh, wait is this that school that Loyola we did that Merrimack. gig at yeah yeah i think you've done a yeah, couple of them there okay okay i remember this yeah. place beautiful school yeah so did you go to school for anything in the music industry what did you go to i school didn't for? i was a sociology major with a minor in alcohol and drug studies um <laughs> i either wanted to Perfect. be a the music it, industry it, yeah no kidding right, right isn't everyone there. in college having a minor in alcohol and drug it, it, it was it right. was i either wanted to be a social worker or a police officer and i couldn't i couldn't decide wow. Wow. Um, which is very strange but uh um, I just, the, I couldn't help but experiment, you know, and I'm a terrible liar. So I was always afraid to go. And, and I do remember with, with, um, alcohol and drug studies, I was about a class away from getting a master's degree, but that now that class was to quantify that was like 300 hours in a, in a, um, treatment center. But as I was going through my senior year, I did 30 hours in AA, 30 hours in NA and 30 hours in Al-Anon. And it was the Al-Anon that really broke me, which as a young, you know, young man to hear these heartbreaking stories, I just, I couldn't separate the, the emotion from it. Like I, I could walk out of there and just think like, gosh, these people, you know, are so in love with this other person and just can't help themselves and how devastating some of those stories were. And, and mm-hmm. I decided at that, at that age, I couldn't, I, I could, I couldn't, that wasn't my path. So mm-hmm. And ironically, going back to what you were saying with uh, with Mike, um, I can trace back the start of my career to one decision in one day. Mm. Um, Interesting. I, yeah, I had just uh, my girlfriend and I at the time I had just graduated Loyola Marymount and decided to go to the Hermosa Beach Pier one Saturday. Ran into an old friend, 
um, who was a couple years ahead of me in school, and he basically asked me, I was like, hey, what are, you, what are you doing right now? I was like, I just graduated. He's like, all right, send me your resume. I got a job for you. I'm thinking, yeah, right. You know, I mean, how many times had I heard that up until that point? Mm-hmm. Um, so I did it, and it ended up being an interview for the ad sales job at Us Weekly, who they loved me, said, you know, we think you're great. We don't think you're really Us Weekly material. But our sister magazine, Rolling Stone, has the same position. Would you like to do that? Us owns Rolling Stone? Yes. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's All actually right. Winter Media, but it's, it's, it's that. Got and it. then, uh, I think it's Men's Journal is the other one. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, and, and, that's, and that's started the path. Interesting. You know? So, uh, But I think for me, it was always, my uncle had told me years and years ago, like, you know, try to find something, find something you love and try to get paid for it, mm. you know, which is sort of the, you know, who knows that? Like, it's always funny, the concept of college of like, you know, from the time you're 18 and 22 years old, you're supposed to figure out your life. Like, who, who can do that? Yeah. I certainly could. Um, <laughs> th- yeah. There's so much pressure on it, too. Yeah. I, I remember, I remember even before that, I remember in like junior year of high school going, what college are you going to get? It was like, what, yeah. what do you mean? Call? I'm just, just getting out of school. How could you put me back in? Absolutely. <laughs> I was, I was, I, that's, you know, that I was there. So I took like, you know, I took some time off and waited tables and surfed every day and lived the, the Kona dream. You yeah. know, I, I was a, I was a beach boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it He's was like, well, what am I, what can I do to avoid going back to school? I can do the surfing thing. I can do music or I can go work on a cruise ship. That's right? absolutely right. I yeah. actually thought about working on a cruise ship. I was like, okay, so one thing about waiting tables in Kona was we got to meet everybody because everyone goes to Hawaii. Yeah. So everything around the world came to us, everyone. And it was like they would tell me about their, their foreign you know, lands and how far they, they, they live from Hawaii and what their dream to be in Hawaii. And they would tell me about their, their food and I would just get so inspired. So I always knew that I wanted to travel the world. I just didn't know how. Yeah. So those are the three ways that you thought of. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Those are three. Yeah. I was Very like, cool. okay. I'm glad you stuck with music. I am too. Well, yeah. I mean, let's face it. Like, <laughs> As am I. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was not. I was not gonna, you know, paddle into like twenty-five foot pipe. And I, I then I realized that on a cruise ship, you're eating really poor food. So music You're was pretty yeah. good at music. So yeah, and music yeah. music worked. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, my parents named me Kaleo, so they kind of set me up. Which yeah. means the voice, not the sound, like the band Kaleo says from Iceland or wherever they're from. Yeah. We got a bone to pick with those guys. The next festival, I see. Yes, do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you got your foot in the door with Rolling Stone Magazine. Mm-hmm. You started working with Interscope. And mm-hmm. how did you get into artist management? I think at the time that I worked at the label, um, I started in, I want to say it was 2001. Um, it just became pretty clear that the industry was changing and, and boy, has it been changing ever since. Oh, it's a, it's a <laughs> never ending change. Yeah, yeah. That was, you know, the first like year to me was the last time where I saw there was still, you know, music video budgets were still hundreds of thousands of dollars. And in the course of a 12 month period, I really watched that nosedive. Mm. And I saw entire staffs get laid off. And, and as I kind of worked through my way in the building, I had spent, you know, a little over four years there. You know, I did feel that like management to me was always something or managers I had looked up to. I was like, wow, what a what an inspiring job to get to work that closely with the artist and to be able to really a lot of it for me was to be able to pick and choose kind of what you work with to really find something on an artistic level that you loved and to be able to work and help and, and, and grow it. And to be a part of a team, like a team Correct. effort, yes. right? Yeah. 
So mm-hmm. it's it's truly a, a collaborative process, and um, mo- much like anyone who's ever worked at a label, at a, at a certain time, my time was up, and my time was up. Um, <laughs> you know, not not, not on my uh, terms, but uh, and after that, I kind of I took six months to figure out what I what I wanted to do. You know, I got paid a nice severance and and surfed a lot and golfed a lot and mm-hmm. and just kind of took it in. And, and artist management was certainly where I landed, and um, I landed at a wonderful company and spent you know, a decade there. Um, and this is post Corey at this time. Yeah. Corey, okay. Corey and I had met on was, the elevator. Yeah. On the right, elevator. Right. And, um, but it was very early in our, in our relationship. Okay. So, um, and, and she was still involved in the music industry as well. So yes. she was already, yeah. right. She yeah. was establishing her, her positions. Yeah. She had, she was running her own agency at the time. Mm-hmm. And shortly after, probably about a year or two in, she ended up selling it to to what was the agency group at the time, which is now UTA, and then has you know has gone from there to APA, and now she's been at Paradigm for the past six years. Okay. So. All right. Um, so going back, you had this. Uh, I would call it a sabbatical in a sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, just uh, just an idea of like you know I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. It's like it was such an ego blow to be let go of the label. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I, I thought, should I go back to school? Should I, what should I do? Like, I didn't, I really didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, at, the, then, at this time, it doesn't really seem like it, but these are the greatest times of life. Absolutely. You know, and it's like, it, it's very like, liberating. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. that, that's that struggle where you hit that, like, wait, what just happened? What now? Yeah. We usually see it in hindsight, though. Well, I mean, it don't, no, yeah, you only see it in a good way, way after. Yeah. <laughs> that's just, it's like the delayed <laughs> yeah. reaction. And I think it also allows for a real deep introspection. And sometimes it's a little deeper than you want, or, or it just really shows you, like, you know, it's, it's, I really feel like when you put a person in peril, you see who they are. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's those life challenges of like, how do you deal, whether it's the loss of a loved one or, you know, a sudden change in a job or, mm-hmm. you know, um, that really put me on a path of like, and I had a couple opportunities of like, okay, like, you know, um, Velvet Hammer, for example, like probably was the lowest offer job wise that I had, but I, but I saw it as an incredible opportunity to learn and to grow. Um, so I, I jumped at it and, and it's, I feel like it served me very, very well. Absolutely. You know? So, mm-hmm. um, and, and I love music. I spent, hours as a kid laying on my bed and going through CDs and records and and I still do you know it's like even if I didn't work in music now I would probably spend just as much time reading and consuming it um mm-hmm. it's just it's something that you know find your passions well it's what your uncle told you yes that's exactly what it is exactly. okay now yeah. that's interesting because uh now all three of us right here we all had the um the tangible art that went with the music and mm-hmm. so we know that connection. You are the father of two boys. Yes. And they're growing up in kind of a time where that doesn't necessarily exist from house no. to house. Unless you have parents who are a little, uh, I would say, nostalgic. Nostalgic, for sure. Right. That have these record collections. I know your record collection yes. is vast. Melanie's record collection is very impressive. So how how fun is it to teach your boys in a digital era that analog that we had and are they grasping it at this age yeah yeah Yeah. um my kids for sure very much so um i wouldn't say kids in general do um Mm -mm. but i also have always you know just as a parent you know sort of like holistically speaking like i've always ever wanted just two things 
the first is just to know unequivocally that I, that my child is loved. That's all that matters to me. You know, the second one is for them to be humble, you know, and then the rest is up to them. I, I'm just a passenger in, in, in their lives. But likewise, you know, I want them to know us. I want them to know who their father is. Mm-hmm. I love music. This is what I like. This is what I love. And, you know, a lot of times I can't fight the digital age. You know, they already know how to do more in GarageBand than I will ever know. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I can do is just say, like, they ask me and I can educate them about the artists I like. And, and, and I allow them to pick a record and just know that for 22 minutes, you're stuck with the decision you made. <laughs> right. There's you know, no fast forwarding. Yes. No. For better Side A. Side A. Right. Yeah. Um, so, and then it just allows them, but then I allow them to have their own Spotify accounts and, and it's, it's just as neat for me to see them sort of like go down that rabbit hole and experience music in, in, mm-hmm. in, in what is now their native way. Yeah. You know, it's so the best of both worlds there. It is. For They're sure. going to remember that, that Absolutely. that's going to be a huge part of their upbringing. I remember my dad would have one of the places that he lived in had this room and he was really big. His record collection is vast. I mean, I think he has, he's in the thousands now, thousands and thousands. He built that's a whole amazing. wall with everything. Yeah. It's beautiful. But back in the day, he also was into comic books. And so I mm-hmm. would remember going into this room when I was a little, probably about seven years old, when I'd go to visit him on, on Oahu and I'd play a record and specifically remember this day was queen. And I would read through all these old, uh, comic books and I would just lay on the floor. And that's what he had introduced me to is this mm-hmm. cool world. And cut to my stepfather had a big record collection. And so I'd always get to pick which one I wanted and dance around to it. That's so great. And I never forgot that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, look at my uh, record yeah, exactly. collection. Yeah. So it is truly, you know, and, but those words that you said are beautiful. I'm a passenger in their life. You know, my mom always says it's your movie. It is. It, you know, <laughs> and so like, you know, everyone's a co-star. Yes. You know, and you're the star, right? Yeah. But, then to the next person, a co-star in your movie. So their own movie, you're the co-star. Absolutely. And, yeah, and, and I really like that. And you're right. To instill this in um, in your boys or to any youth, uh, anyone listening, it's incredible because there are so, it's so much valuable. And Melanie, you're absolutely dead on. I used to love reading comics when I was you know, 12, 13. That was my thing. Um, and then again, Graham, when they show you things on Spotify, like, but no, Dad, you can do this. And yes. you can do this. And you're just like, <laughs> wait what yeah so the both and is the most important or just how you know my eight-year-old got to uh, judas priest the other day what i'm just like how do you how do you get there through spotify how did you get get there because i knew it but i didn't know what song it was and i was like what are you listening to he's like i'm listening to judas priest and how did he get there you know i was like why wouldn't i be i was like you're right. You're absolutely right why wouldn't you be good on you son yes but there is also the there is part of that parent in me where I am, you know, and and I don't know if we'll touch on this later, but there is that, you know, music right now is dominated so much by hip hop and and pop and and not all of it as a parent. And, and you see that certain cross sections of like, you know, hey, dad, can I listen to a little pop? I'm like, you, you is that one of those like scissor up kids? Yes. Okay. And I'm like, no, but you can go listen to. Judas a Tribe Trace. Call Quest, Diggable Planets, Nas, oh, and Common, yeah. right. something with context, you know, yeah. so there is that. So I do, I do police a little bit of that or just like, I don't think Drake's lyrics are appropriate for an eight-year-old boy, 
It will be. You will be able to listen to it in a couple of years. Um, but let me show you some other stuff and, and, and give you and give you context. You now, know? that's interesting from a father point of view, because for me, when I was young, all I wanted to do is get straight out of Compton. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? And it was that like, it's like that ah, rebel. It's the yeah. rebellion of it. Like, But wait. they do get straight out of Compton. They, oh, they, they get NWA. Okay. You know, so they get a little <laughs> fuck the police. No, so. no. I, 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 and if, you know, for me, I would never, I would never parent a parent, meaning I, I will always, I will yeah. always stand back for that. But what, what I'm saying is like, um, personal experience from my youth, I used to seek out things I wasn't supposed to listen to. Absolutely. And it's still going to happen. It's still going to happen. It's just, it's kind of like embedded it, in it us. It is like, for sure. Ever, ever since you were a kid. Yeah. yeah you want to go find those things. Melly, like you're like, imagine like back in the day and you wanted to listen to Prince. You know, like Darling Nikki or something. If your mom like really knew those lyrics, would she be that accepting? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, sure we've gone down this before, <laughs> my mom and I. You know, my parents are pretty open with whatever I wanted to listen to. Yeah. Except I do remember when the when Madonna was just kind of getting popular and it was in the maybe like a virgin stage or I don't know. And my dad was classic rock. Right. Yes. Or, or, you know, and Jimi Hendrix, like all the mm-hmm. good stuff that I listened to. Today. Right, right, right. And I remember driving in the car with him young and he's going, Madonna, she's not going to be around in 20 years. You need to listen to Jimmy. <laughs> but look at it. It's been, <laughs> <Yes>. you know, <laughs> oh. how many years later and she's still around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's let's actually tackle this. And because we're both in the music industry and we have many, many talks and we have many meetings about, I would say, expanding our, our our band and you know back in the day we always used to say brand and i know it is a brand but you know i, I didn't start this or uh, i didn't start this with the boys as a brand yes. i started it as music we were a bunch of shitty musicians stuck in kona in yasad's tiny little drum room with bed mattresses for soundproofing like that's how it's like yeah. that that was it wasn't a brand it was a band whatever it is now um it has evolved into and evolving in this business, um, it's it's very similar to dinosaurs. Like the old record labels, when uh, the first glimpses of streaming music started to come in, and now you just see them falling off and falling off and falling off. It's really important to stay current. How do you, as a manager with so many um, different acts and artists, really, uh, I would say, how do you, and I always mess this word up, Melly, can you help me come Compartmentalize. Compartmentalize. Yes. Yeah, I always. Miss. How do you how do you find like the niches for the the, the bands and the and the artists in your uh, in your teams? Because you are kind of like an all star player. See, we're one of your bands, but you are also playing as a team yes. member in these other bands. Yeah, you're babysitting a lot of other bands. Yeah, <laughs> and um and I mean, do you find it do you find it just like a, a constant challenge, or do you find it a constant excitement? I think it's both. I think the I think the industry at large right now is um, it has changed so much, even in the fifteen years that I've been into it. And and when you look at like you know I'm I'm in the business of rock, you mm-hmm. know, and, and and it touches on 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 many different sort of like subgenres of that. But anytime historically speaking, there's been a format change from the you know, LP to the eight track to the cassette to the CD to the MP3 and now to I guess the cloud. Um, you know, rock has been always a few years behind. Um, and I think that 
in in this day and age it's two it's two things one is is that music is almost like a passive experience now um whereas like people are discovering music through a playlist through these digital service providers whether it's pandora spotify apple music and they're not making that there's not a tangible connection you know they didn't have to stand in line at tower records to buy pepper tickets or you know, <laughs> or, or uh, use your illusion one and two yes like i remember yes. i remember that they didn't go to and spend hours at the record store and, and, and putting the headphones on at the listening stations or right you know they didn't have the you know the 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 flyer in that came in the record for the labels all the other records so there's there's these experiences that are lost and you know even that's all compounded with the we're fighting for people's attention you know and it's like you have so many options these days just on your phone you can look at the instagram feed on anyone's phone yes. and how fast it's like oh that's scroll, a nice picture scroll 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 scroll, 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 scroll. scroll. like you know? what's next what's next what's next absolutely mm-hmm. so i think when you look at a band and you look at the it's it's really about wrapping culture around the artist what is and it's the question which I've asked you uh, time and again is, is is the thing that I always say is like, why should anyone care about your band? Mm-hmm. And let's finally answer that question and remind people why we should care. And it's trying to do new things and take calculated risks and, you know, branching out and expanding into non-traditional music areas like our wine for an example i was just about to bring up the wine you know it's a great example of that it's so fantastic yeah and in fact thomas is coming down tomorrow excellent yeah so if you're around and you want a a little taster of i haven't even tasted i haven't even have i yeah well we've tasted we've tasted the wine we've made the wine i've never had it out of the bottle yeah so i know what the wine tastes like but i've just never had it out of the kona uh red blend bottle Mm-hmm. I, it really is. Yeah. But no, absolutely. And um and it's that expanding and it's that growing and um that's that is exciting because sometimes, you know, because the music industry is changing so much and it's rapidly changing, it's constantly and fighting for attention is the best way to put it. But it is when you try to find the good mm-hmm. in in something that has been so kind of steady for so long and then all of a sudden no. So when you find the good, yeah. This this excitement is really incredible. It's, it is. It's 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 like okay, but you really have to do that mental shift. You, you pop, do. You really have to do that silence. Think about it and go. You know what? What else can we do? Yeah. Because this could be really exciting, and I know uh, I know it's going to be a little more challenging. But definitely, if I'm up for it, why not? And you can actually implement that in any area of life. Absolutely. In, in any business, actually. You know, mm-hmm. as they as technology changes all businesses, not just music, mm-hmm, absolutely all businesses around the way. Oh. I think. So, that, oh, sorry. Oh. I, I think a lot of it too is is it, it's providing an experience. You know, like what is the from show to show, making sure at the base level our show is very different, our records are very different, our merch is very different, the VIP experiences we give are are different from mm-hmm. tour to tour. Um, and we're constantly challenging ourselves. To how do we, you know, because at the end of the day, there's something still to be said for that word of mouth. Like, wow, we did this this time. What will they do next? And 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 the consumer knows it changes all the time. So um, and and you know, every band's different. And I think for me, it's really about knowing and understanding the culture of each artist. Like I tend to work with very different artists. I never have two things that are similar because I one I never want. A client to compete with each other but two 
I don't want to feel redundant. I want to be challenged. Mm-hmm. I want to work with big bands and small bands because it keeps my skills as what I do, you know, sharp. Awesome. You know? That's so. a great way to look at it. It's mm-hmm. kind of like um, the exact the same way as I feel about playing a small little tiny club mm-hmm. versus, you know, a huge festival yeah. or amphitheater. It's it's what you do. Like uh, last Saturday, I, I was um, out there uh, helping a... Um, I take those words back. I was there, privileged to be there at this um, at this uh, CD opening party for Fluid Foundation, and I nice. went to this tiny, tiny uh, club in Temecula, and I walked in, and I just got thrown right back to 2000. Like I remember cutting my teeth in places like this. This feels good. It does. It feels good because you're like, you know what? Wow, I haven't done this for a while. Yeah. Let's let's get into it. Like, and it's that. Again, it's just like your whole state of mind changes the story. You Absolutely. have you have the power to change the story. It's what story you're telling yourself, mm-hmm. and and what is it? Yes. Are you gonna go in there and be like, yeah, let's mm-hmm. let's rock this out? Or are you gonna be like, ah, I can't believe you know, uh, I, I'm you know back in a small room again. And uh, to be totally honest, right here on this on this podcast, I've I've you know walked into smaller clubs and I, I've had that emotion of like, oh man. I wish we were in a bigger place or, you know, I, I wish the next time we were in this town, we would be in a bigger place. And then when I started changing the story, everything changed for me. And, Absolutely. and then the show was just one of the best. It's like those shows are the best shows. Yeah. They're like, okay, I'm, I'm here. I'm present. I'm in it. And I am grateful for every second that I get to do this. Mm-hmm. Shifting into gratitude can change everything. And that's, yeah. 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 yeah, The gratitude is the big thing. Yeah. So you have, you have a lot going on. So let's, let's just recap. Yeah. Let's see. So you have two amazing boys. You have a lovely wife who's also in the industry. You have multiple bands Mm -hmm. that you manage. Yep. How do you find time for you? Or, or do you, first of all? I do, I do. Because do do? Um, it's like you have a, a, a yeah, lot of children with these other bands. You know, you, know, you have oh, yeah, a lot to I, take care I of. I do. Um, yeah. I try to take um, a couple hours every day. You know, So I try to always be home by 6 o'clock. So from like 6 to 8, it's family time. I'm, I'm with my boys. And, and for me, it's really about being present. Mm-hmm. Am I present with my family? Am I present with my clients? Am Phone I... is in the other room. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part. I'm yeah. not going to, you know, right. I try. <laughs> it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Baby uh, airplane mode, people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but And I also like after 10 o'clock, I really, or even I've tried to push it earlier after nine o'clock, I really try to shut down and like, I'll read a book. I'll, mm-hmm. you know, noodle on the guitar. Um, you know, I'll try to quiet the mind. You know, I watch almost no TV during the week. Mm-hmm. Um, just and I try to take that those evenings and, and do a little for myself and also the mornings too. I start my day and and, and for me, I'm a creature of habit and I need routine. Mm-hmm. So if I can if I if I have my routine and I'm able to execute my routine, for me that's where I find the balance. Mm-hmm. You know, I get up, I have my cup of coffee, I read the news, I make the kids lunches, and then it's like then it's a variety of like whether I go surf, I go to the gym. Um, you know, I try to come in the office around the same time every day. I try to leave the office at the same time every day and just establish those patterns to give it a little bit of sanity because it is a, it is a lot. And, you know, in, in this day and age, and it, this isn't just for the entertainment business, I feel that there are no boundaries anymore. You're accessible 
24 hours, seven days a week. You yeah. can have yoga clients being like, hey, can I pick up this class or, or, teachers, or an employee yeah. or whatever? Mm-hmm. And it's the same with you. It's like, I'm booking you on the weekends, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's the, you know, and, and it is, it's making sure that you carve out that time for yourself because it's very important. And I know for me that I have to have that time or I can't be the best me. Mm-hmm. Um, I become a impatient father, an impatient husband, uh, impatient husband, a grumpy manager just, just impatient yes right all the way yeah, around just like that you know. that ritual or routine mm-hmm. it, it's it's so important because it, it sets it up so when things come at you especially who you are mm-hmm. when things come at you and they will and they do yes. life does you're actually in a place that you can accept it yes a little easier because it is the routine mm-hmm. I, I love that yeah, yeah. well and we have i think doing what you're passionate about and kind of carving the way and not doing a nine to five job, we have the luxury of not having a nine to five, right? Because we are doing these things. However, it's also a curse of not having the nine to five where these are your hours. No, nine to five, we have 24 sevens. Yes, exactly. That's what we have. Yeah. So it is a blessing and a curse in that Mm -hmm. way. And I think there's what's called Ayurveda, which is a sister science of yoga. And in Ayurveda, they really recommend, especially if there's a lot of moving parts and you maybe feel you have a tendency to feel ungrounded or you're traveling a lot or you have this you know 24-hour schedule to find consistency and routine even if it's that little thing of coming home at the same time or waking up Mm -hmm. and having a tiny little ritual that you do it's called the dinacharya which is your your ritualistic things you do throughout the day to create that that sense of balance and peace within like my meditation practice when i Mm -hmm. wake up i mean my my phone goes on airplane mode at night it's Mm -hmm. done it's done yes it's done I don't turn that thing on until my uh, meditation is finished, until I have a yoga practice or some kind of wad. I then turn it on and then I get to business. Yeah. And then Wait, I actually. what? Oh, uh, workout. Workout of the, the day. day. Oh, yeah. you, yeah, <laughs> you know, you. I exactly. wake up and I have some kind of a wad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Got um, it. Nerd. Yeah. So uh, what happens there is um, I get to uh, my balance point. And now, Graham, jumping into this because Okay, I'm in a band that travels, and I travel a lot. Uh, for me, it's a lot. Now, I can only imagine being in how many bands you are yeah, in. Yeah, you travel for a and, lot of bands. And you have yeah. to, and yeah, and you have to travel all the time. You know, I'll get messages from you as like, "Boys, I'll be, I'll be back. I'm in uh, uh, Beirut, or uh, I'm in <laughs> London, or, or whatever yeah. it is." So, um, keeping this routine or this ritual on the road. How how do you go about doing that when the landscape changes constantly? For me, much like I was just talking about, it's really consistency. It's I fly the same airlines. I sit in this on the same side of the plane in the same seat, or try to sit in the same general area at every plane ride. Um, I stay in the same hotels for places where, like, when I stay in Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, London. Berlin, I stay in the same hotels because, you know, I can get to the city and have, I know that I can go to this restaurant, this coffee shop, and it has a sense of grounding. And I, I've even gone so far with certain hotel rooms, like I will request the same room. 
Wow. You so know, it's that familiarity um, yeah, that helps you to stay grounded. It, and it does. It helps break it up. And this is a great practice, by the way. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I, people are really going to like, oh, you know what? I travel to this place a lot. Yeah. Why not? And if I really like it, why not do it again? Absolutely. So what would happen if life throws a curveball and you can't find a flight on the airline or you can't do the same hotel? I mean, how do you respond to that? Is it frustrating or are you just kind of go with the flow? I try, I try, I'm a pretty even temper, man. I'll go with the flow for the most part. Um, you know, I'm also a tenacious planner, so those are few and far between. <laughs> um, it doesn't happen to, I mean, it does happen, but not too often. So, but you know, you, and it took me a while to get to that. I just didn't wake up and all of a sudden I knew that it was just, you know, there were a periods of, you know, when you're young, and before I had kids, like traveling was seemed to me like it was such a beautiful experience. And I was always excited to go to New York or London or South America. I know that feeling. I yes. That feeling. You're yeah. like, this yeah. is amazing. Uh-huh. Mel, you know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, life happens and you get a little older and your body doesn't respond the same way it does <laughs> on those long flights. London again? Yeah. And, you know... You, you're just like, oh, how, how do I get through this? And then there was a period where I just, I, I don't want to say it was like, I would get what I would call like the travel blues. So like a mm. couple nights before I would leave, I'd just be like, I don't want to go on this trip. And it's like, I don't want to be away. Um, but I started to like find those places that I really liked. And I was like, you know what? This place feels like me. I'm going to stay in this hotel. This place feels like me. Or I, like, I like this area. And, and after having all those explorations, it got to a place of like, oh, I'm going to go to Berlin, but I know I'm going to stay at the Marriott and there's, you know, these places here in London, I'm going to stay at the Ace Hotel and, mm-hmm. you know, there's the world's best Manhattan, you know. So right. you start to look forward to it again. Yeah, oh, I love like, that oh. Thai restaurant around the corner. Yeah, for sure. So, and, you know, you, it also depends like, you know, who you're going over there for, what the business is. And I think that sort of helps inform, inform it. But the, the level of consistency it really helps and 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 you know f- you know staying loyal to a few brands definitely has its perks you start to get the upgrades mm-hmm. and, you know definitely. um yeah. that's nice but it, it is it is that you know Corey always laughs about what a creature of habit i am and again it goes back to knowing that's what i need in my life to be happy I ha- right i have to work out i have to go surf i have to do this i have to do that and and and, and a lot of it too is is her understanding of of what i need to be a happy person. Mm. So. Well, the wisdom is in the awareness yes. for you having that. Cause I think some people just start to become not themselves. They get frustrated there. Maybe there's some depression or they um, are short with their loved ones and whatever it is. They're not really recognizing why that's happening. Yes. So the wisdom there is that you recognized and you are taking these mm-hmm. steps. And another beautiful thing is that you have a wife that is understanding of that. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And yeah. we've always had a very open We've never been the, if something's in a relationship that's ever been wrong, we've always hit the nail right on the head. There is no, mm-hmm. there is no beating it around. It's like, hey, you were doing this and I don't like this. Right. Or this mm-hmm. is bothering me. Can you please fix this? Or can you work on this? Like you are being an asshole. Stop. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're right. Actually, I am. Mm-hmm. Th- thank you for. So that good open communication. Yeah, it is. And I think yeah. that's with, and that's the same with a client. Like, hey. You have whatever you do to be the best that you can. A lot of it for me just boils down to communication. Can you have an open and honest? And if it comes from a place of love, you know, at the end of the day, as long as the intention is good, 
it may be it may be a a rough go to get through whatever issue you're working through, but most of the time you end up in a better place. Absolutely, and so, I think it's especially if both parties, whether it be spouses or um, children, parent or band manager, mm-hmm. if both parties have that goal of conscious relationship, yes, and that open communication, I think it's going to mm-hmm. be conscious yeah. relationship. Beautifully said. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and and not only that, but um, like you said, hitting the nail on the head and getting rid of the problem that gets rid of all resentment, and that gets rid of any kind of buildup. And like absolutely. instead of like bearing anything and just spending. And when you say I'm um, coming from a place of love, absolutely true. But um, also, I want to say that, you know, frustration can come from love, too. So if you're absolutely. Yeah. So at, at the bottom line is like even if that frustration is where, where it's coming from, it's not it's not necessarily detrimental. It could be love. You just want to get a little clearer. Well, I think if you're frustrated, as long as your communication is coming with love. Yes, yes. Yeah. absolutely. And, Instead of and your being. To me. And your yeah. being and your att- intention. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, that. by the way, Graham, that travel improvement, yeah. that's really good. I've never heard that. Really? I've never yeah. heard of anyone doing that. So um, I'm, I'm really excited to now be mindful yeah. and aware of that. Because it does make a do lot of that sense. Sometimes when I come out to see you, whether it's Philly or Orlando, whatever it is, hey, we're going to stay at that same hotel. So there is a little bit of familiarity that we do. A little, a little bit. Same tapas restaurant. Or, right. Okay. Yeah. 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 There. Yeah. There's those those spots. But I mean, to have it like not to that level. Yeah. yeah. To have it yeah. to that level. But um, I'm not wired like Graham. So I <laughs> always I always go for the adventure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like so, I'll go on Expedia and like, okay, let's see what's going on. Yes. And then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of guy, too, who will actually wait. I have a, uh, an app called uh, Hotels.com. Oh, yeah. And I'll, and I'll just wait and I'll say, oh, let's yeah. just see what happens. Let's go mm-hmm. out for a drink and see what opens up. Yeah. I definitely compartmentalize <laughs> it, though. There's, there's, there's work travel, which is very regimented like that. But well, then mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's family travels very different. Mm-hmm. That's like okay, like let's Airbnb, like let's get let's go on an adventure. Adventure, yeah. Yeah. I so. can actually see family uh being a little more strategic actually because No, because that's you're, the fun of it, man. Okay, okay. I was just thinking because you have the boys and you have to like, you know, you kinda have to have like a battle yeah. plan of care. Are they gonna be yeah, okay here? But look okay, at there. this family. I mean that's they both true. travel for work. Yes. They're both right. adventurous. Yeah. I mean, they're it's not a regular, you know, boring job. There's yes. a lot of excitement and adventure yeah. in this. Is, in this itself. is why I'm not a dad. And then look <laughs> They're boys. They were yeah. just yeah. adorable. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We have been blessed with two boys who love to travel and they are fantastic travelers. Oh, that makes you all know? the difference when it, you're traveling it, it really with fantastic does. travelers. Yeah. We took them to Italy not uh last year and it was just all of us just had a backpack and we went over there. We had a couple Airbnbs, we went on the trains and it was we were there for about a week and a half and it was one of those moments where there was part of me that was like, you know, I really wanted a little girl. Um, but the the joy and the excitement and the real ease of taking them to Italy was like, I just, I don't want, I don't want to have a baby again. I don't want to be, I don't want to go backwards. This <laughs> yeah. was like, it was one of those where I will, I will, I will remember that trip for the rest of my life oh. because to, to see them be so excited and, and you guys, you guys have seen them. They're very smart mm-hmm. to see them like soak in. And, and to really like, wow, like these, these are, these buildings are centuries old. Right. It was a really incredible moment. So that, that's the adventure with my family that I think of like, how can we blow their minds? Right. You know, I like, like that. Okay. How do I keep my yeah. sanity when I'm working? Because, you know, I think the, the, uh, I can't, I don't know if misnomer is the right word, but like 
you know, when we're traveling for work, it's like it's a lot of like airports, hotels inside of venues. You mm-hmm. know? So the the outsider mm-hmm. will think, oh, it's so glamorous. You get to do all this stuff where like it's not like I'm just going to these cities and sightseeing and, you know, having a good it's time. It's not a vacation. It's, it's not a vacation. Yeah. It's we, work. We have to do a really good job or else Absolutely. we won't have one. Yes. And that's it. That's part of the 24-7. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's one of those things, too, where Melanie will come visit me out on the road and um, I will leave her. Mm-hmm. Uh, to go take a nap to rest my voice for Absolutely. the show. You know, mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry, babe, I have to go. Like, so I'll go on yeah. an adventure. Exactly. Yes. And she'll go on an adventure. So, yeah, yeah it, it, it is our 24 7. That's fantastic to hear that uh, the boys travel really well. They do. Yes. Yeah. Melanie is my favorite travel companion, and I have a lot, mm-hmm. and she's my favorite. <laughs> yes. You know, it's, it's and that's so important. It's in- mm-hmm. very important. Yeah. So, yeah. A uh, b- brief story real quick about Europe since we talked about Italy mm-hmm. and I'll wrap this up quick. We got stuck in England for uh, 2001's 9-11. Wow. And we're in England. We didn't know about it. We're there. We're in London. Yeah, we're in London. Well, we didn't know about it because I had a day off. I was out there for work and I had a day off and we were cruising around. We we're on the tube, mm-hmm. right? We're on the underground. We had no idea what was going on up there. Yeah. And we saw someone with a, a newspaper. I think it was called the Evening Standard. Which it, it was a looks, short paper. It's like the yeah. Enquirer. It looks like the National yes. Enquirer right. of ours. Yeah. And it said America at war, and it had the plane hitting. Then we're like, "Whoa, that's wow. pretty crazy." Usually, the Enquirer has like Elvis sighting or something. Right. Yeah. You know, like that's <laughs> a little intense. And the Very woman, ho- yeah, the woman holding the paper goes, "Oh my gosh, you're, you're American. Your country's at war." It was just surreal. Right. So we had to go up top to the streets and go find a newspaper and then go home to our hotel this is before cell phones yeah and call our parents and make sure everything's okay and of course yeah. anyone has been to london you know you can't afford london and for so, a month yeah right you really can't exactly. we're stuck there for a month we're stuck yeah we're stuck there wow, for three weeks for three weeks but yeah but this is how three additional weeks yeah. yeah this is how well we kept giving up our tickets for people who had family in new york yes mm-hmm. um and so melanie just looks at me and she's like do you want to you want to go travel Europe? And I'm like, because I had traveled yes. Europe extensively at this point. This is yes. his first trip there. My first trip. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. I'm yes. Like, okay, She's pack like, the okay. bag. All pack right, let's bag. go get backpacks. And we're going to leave our big bag here in the hotel in London. And we're going to go. And she put me on a plane. And we went to Germany and Amsterdam. It was the cheapest flight out was to Dusseldorf. And, and then right. we took a train up to Amsterdam. Yeah. And this yeah. is this is how you know you can travel with someone. And then all Absolutely. of a sudden. And that makes all the difference. Yeah. It does. Instead of someone having their wheels fall off on the way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I feel like Good. many a marriage or many of a relationship have died mm-hmm. for the bad trip. The bad trip. The bad trip. It's actually called the bad trip. <laughs> yeah. So what is next for you and for your business? I think for me, so we're in the process of um I would say just growing our company. Um, you know, I came I moved down to San Diego 6 years ago. I've been working with Pat Magnarella for the last 4 years and he and I I've always had a a love of I guess I would call it business development and, and you know, I see the future of what I do is being more of, of not just an artist manager or not just one thing of, of really having a company that can do many services. I want to be a manager. I want to be a label. I want to be a publisher. I want to be a merchandiser. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, it's really about quality, but, and not quantity. I don't, I don't do volume business. You know, I try to pick a few things and do them as well as I can. 
um, and they obviously have to be interested. So, so as we we launched Grandview Records last year in 2017, you know, we'll put out our first record this August by a, a little band from Barrio Logan called Beach Goons, which I'm really excited about. Awesome. Um, you know, we have an offer out to to one other band, um, and we'll probably just do those two records, you know, this year. Um, mm-hmm. We're, of course, working on a new Papa record, which I'm always excited for. Me too. Um, and I have a couple other clients. I have one other client putting a record out in the fall. And, and and really, for me, it's just it's just growing the company and, and, and est- establishing it as a full-service company. That's my big priority of, of, of growing that aspect of it. And and I think, for me, as it relates to Pepper, it's really ex- exciting to you know get the wine deal done you know we're doing a lot of great things with fender right now um you know we're also trying to dabble in the in the medicinal space but that's still still a little bit of the wild west right um, luckily we're in california at the right time <laughs> we are for mm-hmm. sure All right. um and it's really it's exploring a lot of those um non-traditional music deals you know because that that really fuels the the excitement of like we're in the music business it should be fun and, and while it's changing so vast and so um quickly i think that at the end of the day people still everyone everyone loves music everyone has a favorite song you know mm-hmm. everyone has that moment where like i remember when i saw that band at that place and wow you know so i want to help bring that experience to another generation of kids I love it. Yeah. So you're diversifying the business. Yes. While also diversifying the bands that you manage yes. and helping yeah. them diversify their business, which I think in the music industry, how it's changing so fast, you you have to do that to stay current, Absolutely. to stay relevant, and to to stay on top of, um, I guess, stay ahead. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. it's changing so fast. I mean, it's not like an old record label where oh, you know they God. would offer Led Zeppelin a huge amount of money and then they would go tour. Right, and retain the masters for yeah. their entire lives. Really well, well back then it was the 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 tour really supported the record, and mm-hmm. and and somewhere along the way, it's really now the record supports the tour, mm-hmm. you know. And even then, that's becoming increasingly more difficult because, you know, mu- musicians and artists are having a hard time making that connection. Like you'll have your top like five percent of of what's really popular. But there's there is a world of really incredible music out there that is having a hard time really reaching those. So for me, it's it's finding those niches. You know, this whatever you want to call our scene, it's a niche, and mm-hmm. and, and it's a big, fruitful, amazing, lovely niche. You know, mm-hmm. and I you know a few of my clients kind of come from other things, and it's like hyper focusing on that, super serving the base, and then expanding through the wine, through other more non-traditional music um, avenues to, to really grow, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and it's less about, in my opinion, trying, the band trying to have this dynamic shift in sound or being and more of like, okay, what else can we do? You know, what is our fan base like? They like wine. They like weed. They like, you know, ukuleles, you know, right, and, exactly. and right. really like exploiting right, right, that, right, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. Um, so to your point, it's just, I'm trying to keep myself interested in having fun, mm-hmm. you know, cause 20 years in sometimes that can be a challenge. Absolutely. And it changes. It does. But, for it, sure. it, but like, uh, going back to what we said earlier, it is that mental change. It's like, okay, what's the story that I'm telling yeah. and can I make it? 
Absolutely. Like, can I make it something worthwhile for me? Mm-hmm. The last thing that you ever want to do is do something you don't want to do. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> the last thing you want to do. And it's rewarding. It's, it's exciting to get like the wine is something going back to that, that when you, you first hear the idea, you're like, I don't really know this guy. I don't really know this brand. Is this really gonna, where is this gonna go? Not me. You I know? was like, yes, I yeah. saw, I saw your <laughs> bottle. You need to come to my house. Let's yes. taste some wine. But now it's, yeah. it, it, that's another thing too. Um, for all of us here, sometimes it takes a little longer for someone to understand your feeling. Absolutely. But yeah. when you take the time to show people what you're feeling, like really do like, no, I really feel this. You will be amazed at how, uh, that feeling can carry over or, Absolutely. Sp- or, or spill over. And you know, we all do it. Like Esad comes to us with these things and we're just like, uh, okay. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, a perfect example, he wrapped the bus. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. He wrapped the bus with mm-hmm. uh, a company called flower of life, which I love, mm-hmm. which by the way, has a rebel and muse discount rebel and muse. Um, and so he wrapped up and we're like, uh, okay. And it turned out to be one of the best things we've ever done for yeah, a tour. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So it's like one of those things where it's totally. like sometimes when with your team members, yeah. it's nice to like, okay, what are you feeling? When you come to us and you say, you guys, I've got this feeling about this this uh, this digital platform that we may utilize. It's like, ah, all right. But then you, you put enough attention in it and then everyone starts to kind of yeah. like, oh, I get it. And the hardest thing to do, though, is really um, separating that. Okay, uh, I got to stop thinking about what everyone else is thinking. And I got to start thinking about what I want to think about and I Mm -hmm. believe in and I have faith in. It's really that's just a really cool thing to me. And to be on a team, I'm I'm, I'm on a team with Melanie. I'm on a team with you in different. That's my favorite thing now. Now it's Mm -hmm. just like removing that. And just going, okay, wait a minute. What's the feeling here? And let's see if it resonates. Yes, for and, sure. And we can carry that over into any relationships. And relationships are one of the biggest things that we have in our yeah. life. All of them. Mm-hmm. All the way down. And again, communication mm-hmm. and to an extent education. It's an education process. Are we, mm-hmm. are we allowing ourselves to have an open mind? Are we really listening to what the other person Awareness. Yeah. And that's yes. great awareness. Yeah. And, and that goes back to conscious relationships. Boom. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Graham, I cannot thank you enough, man, for everything uh, that we've gone through. It's yeah. been such a ride. I had a blast. Hopefully I didn't talk too much. No, no. <laughs> no, this is great. No, this yeah. is really great. And um, thanks for that travel tip. I'm pretty sure everyone's going to yes. be really stoked on that. That's yeah. a big one. And um, thank you for opening up about your beautiful family and uh, and your excitement about what's about to happen yeah. in the music industry, the, the industry that you chose. Absolutely. I mean, look, we have to make our own fate, so let's mm-hmm. do it, you know? Absolutely. I love it. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, All guys. Right. All right. Take care, everyone. Aloha. Peace.